We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Robinson. And they find Brunson in the backcourt. He'll just dribble around and that's it. The Knicks defeat Atlanta 116-114 on the road in this hostile environment. Second game of a five-game trip and they win their second game. And this one must feel good. Oh, oh well. <laughs> this is going to be a tough postgame to do because... Um, I actually passed out after the five second call and then I came to and uh, I saw Julius Randall was being interviewed on my on my television screen. So I'm assuming they figured out a way to win. But I didn't, uh, I, you know, kind of all went to black there for a minute. Uh, ooh, what a game. That's first one of those sorts of games of the year. Um, Knicks had a lot of games like this last year. They won a lot of games like this last year. And I think more than any individual player, uh, more than any any play style or anything like that, it was their ability to win games like this. They, they lost some games like this last year. Um, but their their ability to win games like this, as Andrew tells me in the chat, the, the last Hawks game was like this. The last Hawks game wasn't quite like this for me, at least. Um this was more of a roller coaster ride, I think, than the first Hawks game this year. But every Hawks game, to some to some extent, is like this. But yeah, last year their ability to really win games like this and dig it out when you know they they probably should not have. And I, I'm going to share something that I hope Benji doesn't mind. Benji put in our text chat a few minutes ago. Well, no, actually not a few minutes ago. He put it in the text chat when the Knicks were down seven in the fourth quarter after someone hit a three and Atlanta had had kind of really look like they were going to maybe run away with the game, actually. Um, he's like, the Knicks don't deserve to win this game. And this was not a game the Knicks deserved to win. And I'm just going to end the sentence right there. This was not a game the Knicks deserved to win. Um, they were sloppy. Uh, they committed 17 turnovers, although it, it felt like more, maybe because the the turnovers that they committed, some of them were some of them felt a little bit more egregious than than usual, and um, Atlanta was good, man. Like, I, I, like just for a second, I know this is not uh, just not Atlanta, uh, Atlanta Film School, but the Hawks are a good team, and they're a frustrating team uh, if you root for them because they do have a tendency to lose games like this, and they make competitive games like, or they they turn games that should be blowouts into competitive games. They win games they should lose, they lose games they should win. The whole thing. Um, 
So, you know, it's not like the, the, the Knicks won a game against an elite, elite team, but the Hawks are good. They've been good this year. And I thought they gave the Knicks real issues. I thought their game plan defensively uh, after really after the first quarter, like the first quarter was a great quarter for the Knicks. Really tough to complain about anything. I think they ended the quarter up 11, 33 to 22. They were rolling a lot of that on the back of Julius Randle. Uh, just some really good Julius Randle shot making Julius Randle play overall. We'll get back to him in a bit. And then from there, and the Knicks, by the way, Knicks didn't turn the ball over in the first quarter. From that point, the start of the second quarter until that, uh, I'm not sure. I got to look up exactly when the when the minute mark was. It, it felt like it was about five minutes to go in the game when they when they got down seven. Um, it the Knicks like just they didn't play very well. They they were very sloppy. Um, they were turning the ball over left and right. They kind of seemed a little lethargic. Like it was funny. Shout out to all my uh, Knicks Film School newsletter um, subscribers who joined me on the halftime show. At the end of the halftime, when I when I noted that like I thought this game was going to be a slog down the stretch, I actually said, "Well, you know, both teams on the second night of a back to back." And Jason Meredith, shout out to Jason, he's he's awesome. I was like, "The Knicks are on a back to back." Like. Oh shit, they're not. And they had played with, you know, the way they played in the second quarter where they were just, it looks like they kind of, they kind of lost a step from the first quarter, especially. I, I just felt like I was watching a team on the, on the second end of a back to back. The Hawks didn't even play like they were on the second end of a back to back really throughout the whole game. And then it kind of continued throughout the third quarter. Knicks made a little push. It looks like it, you know, they, they got another bit of a lead and then the Hawks roared back again. And, and there were this was going to be an ugly post game, you know. Uh, the only the only positive of this post game, the way this game was going, was like, hey, R.J. Barrett, awesome, because the Knicks can't seem to win without him, because they were three and zero and they were headed or zero and three and they were headed to zero uh, and four without him. And you saw his absence in this game. You saw his absence because it, it you know, and Benji said this after the Celtics game two nights ago, um, not last night, two nights ago, uh, that. RJ not being in here puts so much pressure on Jalen Brunson and Julius Randle and Randle again. I keep I said it already we're going to get to him. We're going to get to him. Randle did really well. Did about as well as he could. I thought with what the Hawks were throwing at him. Brunson was really struggling inside the arc, and he ended up, you know, finding something. Ironically, what he found, with the exception of one big basket, was was behind the arc. Um, but yeah, I think you know, look defenses have now had a full off season coaching staffs have had a full off season to game plan game plan for this guy who received, you know, like some MVP consideration last year. You got an MVP vote. Like it's, it's a different animal than, than being Dallas's like third guy, you know, kind of sometimes six men. And I think he's getting more attention. I think he could deal with it, but when you take RJ out and especially when you put Josh Hart in, and it's so tough because if so, you're like, all right, well, take Josh Hart out of the game because he's not a willing shooter and it really clogs the spacing. Well, then you're awfully small. Um, and against a team like this, the the Hawks, who you know not as much as Boston, um, you know, does bring a lot of a lot of length and can give you know again can 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 give you some issues. Like you, you kind of need that wing size, and without RJ, like the only wing size you have. Is Josh Hart. So 
he needs to figure out ways to make himself effective, even effective if teams are not going to guard him on the perimeter. He did that late. We're going to get back. I want to go through a full read through, re- redo, run through, run through. Let's go with run through of the last five minutes of the game because I think it's worth it. It was a really special five minutes. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's it's tough. It's cramped. You know, when you have a, a non-spacing center or non-shooting center, and then you know, kind of Julius, teams know where he wants to operate, and then. The real interesting part for this game was the loss of Quentin Grimes. And I I probably should have brought that up at the top. Uh, Quentin Grimes uh, left. Not exactly sure when he left. It was some point in the middle of the fourth quarter with some kind of a hand injury that he uh, sustained when he was, he fouled. uh, I believe it was DeJounte Murray on a, a layup attempt. And we don't know anything about the severity of that. Now I assume we'll, we'll learn more, uh, tonight or tomorrow. Um, didn't, didn't look great, but we'll, you know, we'll, we'll see. He's their one guy. He's their one guy who is a like catch and that's all. That's what he wants to do. He wants to catch and shoot the ball. And, you know, I don't want to spend too much time on Grimes because there, there are bigger things to talk about in this game. But like, I, I actually didn't love what we saw from Grimes throughout the game. I, I thought he, you know, he needs to give you a little bit more. And, um, I, he, you know, he's, Shooting was fine, but like there are opportunities for him to make plays with the ball, and he he kind of doesn't always. He ended this game four of ten, three of seven from deep. So you know, an okay game. Where you really miss Grimes, though, and this is going to be my transition um, to the end of the game is, and it really showed up is the point of attack defense. And again, shout out to Benji Ridholtz. He he put it in our our text uh, chain a little while ago. You saw it late when whether it was Trey Young or Dejounte Murray really getting anywhere that they wanted to go on the floor. Really, it was Trey Young, because like that's that's Grimes' assignment. Grimes goes on Trey. And it was quickly, and quickly is a very gifted defender, but his gift is more off-ball defense and making things happen off the ball and, and being where he needs to be before you know anybody else realizes he needs to be there. On-ball, he's not quite as strong, and that almost came back to bite the Knicks in the ass uh, late when, when Trey got going. Thankfully, Trey missed a big free throw, and uh, and the, the Hawks didn't, didn't make enough plays down the stretch. Murray also had um, a big miss thanks to Mitchell Robinson. So, yeah, I mean, just a lot going on in this game. And I want to give some shout outs and then maybe I'll, maybe I'll save the, the last the last five minutes going through the last five minutes because I want to get to the Super Chats. Um, I'm going to start with the guy that I've started more of these post games with this year than anyone. And that's Mitchell Robinson. And look, I, you could start with Randall. Could start with, certainly start with Randall. Best game of the season. After, like This is now three games in a row where he's had his best game of the season. I think Randall's back. I think it's safe to say. Uh, great Randall game. Great quickly fourth quarter. Um, good quickly game. Great quickly fourth quarter. Although before the fourth, he had a couple of turnovers that were frustrating. And a couple of offensive possessions that looked a little uncertain. He, he, he more than made up for it in the fourth. Um, Really gutty, gutty Jalen Brunson performance uh, when he just nothing was going inside the arc. Uh, But he still found a way to make sure his team won this game because nobody cares about winning more than Jalen Brunson. And that's why above all the basketball stuff, like that's why you want Jalen Brunson on your basketball team. Um, But I'm going to start with Mitch because, man, I, I, I've run out of things to say. It's not even about the stat line. I mean, what did he finish with? Six points? Okay. 
uh, three steals and a block, 15 rebounds, six on the offensive glass. Last year, Jalen Brunson was the thing that brought the Knicks to a new level uh, as, a, as a team because they, uh, you know, we, we, we said it, national media folks said it, everybody said it. Now the Knicks have a guy. This year, I mean, I, obviously Jalen Brunson's still at the top of the scouting report and like teams know they need to cut the head off the snake. But what Mitchell Robinson is doing to every team except the Celtics who have the kind of the one Mitch, real Mitch neutralizer in the league. Thank God we only see them twice again this year. Um, but what he is doing against 28 other basketball teams and like tonight, like that was Clint Capella, man. That was Clint Capella, and that was the six-ranked offense in the league. And like, as dangerous a pick and roll attack as you're going to find. Like the Hawks are like Clint Capella is no joke, man. And Mitchell Robinson's just—I mean, he's just out there ragdolling people, and he's been doing it all year. And he just keeps upping the ante. As far like, I, I'm not—I'm—I'm I'm not saying we're taking it for granted, but it's—I <laughs> see a thumbs up bubble next to my head. Did Andrew do that? <laughs> But what Mitchell Robinson is doing, like you almost, you kind of almost do take it for granted where it's like, oh, okay, don't worry. If we miss, Mitch will be there to either put it back or grab the offensive rebound. If he's near the ball, it, he's going to get it. No one else is going to get it. It's his timing. It's his strength. It's the physicality plus the strength. It's obviously the athleticism. It's his hands. his great hands to grab these rebounds that he's grabbing and like needless to say that they're, I don't even know if they're in this game late without Mitchell Robinson and like, wow, just for him to get to this. I, I, I know I've said this before. I'm a broken record at this point, but I have to repeat myself because it is everybody has their stuff, right? That they love. Everybody has their stuff that they latch onto and that, that gives them the warm and fuzzies as a fan. Seeing this kid, and I still call him a kid because I'm an old man, so I could kind of do that. And I don't even, is he 25? Yeah, whatever. He's 24, 25. That, I mean, not that nobody gave him a chance, but like was just kind of like looked at a very particular way when he came into the league as a guy who was like, maybe was he going to try to get by on talent to just continue putting in the work and turn himself into, I, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I, is he the most indispensable Nick this season? That, it feels like a lot, but it's also feels deserved and um, just play after play after play. The biggest one, obviously, and I guess I will start digging into the last five minutes of the game. Uh, there was two, actually. So during the comeback, actually three plays. So IQ after IQ hit the runner to make it one on one ninety nine. The Knicks were still down to next possession. That was a stretch. Like the Knicks needed to take the lead there. When they got down seven, they had to keep the run going until they took the lead. Once they took the lead, the Hawks got the lead back. But at least that you got the lead. There's something to getting the lead to because the other team. We've been in the other position before where teams push and push and push and make a run. But you, if you never give up the lead, there's like a there's something about that that feels notable. So they needed to take the lead. There was a they they went to the pick and roll, and uh, Jalen Brunson also played great defense on this play. But it was I thought Mitch was outstanding on the defensive possession, and then on the way other way down the floor, um, it was someone missed a shot, and Mitchell Robinson got on the damn floor, got on the damn dove on the damn floor, 
kept him, kept his control, didn't go out of bounds because it was right by the baseline, got the ball, threw it, smart, heady play. Right? Like, again, talk about things you didn't think you were going to be saying about Mitchell Robinson in year six when he was a rookie or a first year or a second year player, making smart, heady plays. Immediately got the ball out to, I forget who was there on the corner. It might have been Brunson, but it ended up, the, the, actually, I don't think it was Brunson. It was somebody else. The ball ended up going to Brunson for the, who made the three. And, and that was the second one. And then, um, a couple of, uh, uh possessions later, IQ drew some fouls, um, made, three or four before he made the, the two late. So we made five of six down the stretch. Good job, Manuel quickly hitting your free throws. Um, and then that's after the second J- Jalen Brunson three off a great pass from Julius Randall, the next time down the floor, when it was a real back and forth affair and, you, and someone needed to get a stop who got the stop, but it was Mitchell Robinson blocking DeJounte Murray on a drive and DeJounte Murray for anybody who doesn't watch the Hawks a lot. He's kind of their closer. Um, there's a reason why he was the one, you know, getting getting those mid range shots time and time again. That's a that's not an uncommon occurrence. He he gets the ball a lot because he's so deadly from the mid range. Um, and yeah, so that's my Mitch love. Um, couple of things, you know, and then we'll we'll get to the super chats. I, I mentioned Randall again or already. I'll say it again. It's his best game of the season. I thought he played within himself, and I really want to praise I don't I mean look you could pick, you could nitpick a couple of shots maybe I really don't think Randall forced it at all tonight and, and you know we we talk about Julius as this kind of you know you're, you're taking your life in your hands right with him with, the, with with how he goes about his business sometimes I thought he made a real step up last season. A lot of people attributed that to Jalen Brunson. And this year now in this game, Brunson's having a terrible game inside the arc. And so if there was ever a game for Julius to be like, I got this. And I didn't feel like Julius forced anything down the stretch. The shots he took, I thought were good shots. I thought they were good process. And he made a few of them down the stretch, obviously. Um, I made some nice passes too. Uh, I talked about quickly not only hitting his free throws, but I mean, look, they are they in the are they in this game if Manuel quickly doesn't go on a on a personal five zero run there? Um, those five points might get lost in the sauce afterwards. I think they were the biggest five points of the game uh, for my money because they were dead. They were dead in the water. This game was over when they were down seven, and quickly was like, nope. Um, and and how did it start off? It starts off how it always starts off with a quickly three. How many times does an Emmanuel quickly three-point shot be like, man, did they need that? This game would be over if they didn't have that. Or this this other team would have gone and ran away with this game if they didn't have that. But and he always seems to make those. You know, but probably maybe selective memory. By my two cents, he always seems to make those. I talked about Josh Hart a little bit. And the only thing I want to note there is like, yeah, it hurts. It, it hurts. It hurts. Freudian slip. Uh, it hurts. The spacing when he's out there, there's no two ways about it because he's not comfortable shooting in big spots always. Not Sometimes he is, not all the time. And you have to figure out ways to make yourself effective. The When they had the wide open three uh, late in the fourth quarter there, uh, that was the, the possession, uh, right? the Knicks possession right before quickly fouled the uh, Trey Young on the three. That's the one knock on quickly in this game. Can't do that. Can't get uh, caught with your hand in the, in the cookie jar. 
um, Hart made a runner because like, okay, you're not going to guard me. I'm going to take the runway. I'm going to make something happen. And to his credit, he did. So great job there. He also got a big offensive rebound down the stretch. Um, and yeah, well, I mean, I'll finish it up. I just, you know, Jalen Brunson, when it comes to the, the big moment, who's your closer? It's Jalen Brunson. He took the mid ranger and he made the mid ranger. And that was really should have been the end of the game. Of course, this is the Knicks. So we had a couple heart attacks late. Uh, Julius Randall, what are you doing in the backcourt? Uh, getting stuck in the corner. Oh my God. So my life flashed behind my eyes there uh, with eight seconds left. And then, of course, Dante Givincenzo, uh, who Tibbs put in to inbound the ball, couldn't do the thing he was supposed to do. And uh, thank goodness, uh, Jalen Brunson again. There's Jalen Brunson making big plays. Heads up play to foul DeJounte Murray, not let him get off a three-point attempt. Um, you know, look, good teams find ways to win games when they are not at their best. The Knicks were not at their best tonight. And they found the way to win the game because they came through with a lot of big plays. Josh Hart, Emmanuel Quickly, Jalen Brunson, Julius Randle, and of course, Mitchell Robinson. Big plays up and down the board. They needed every one of them. Again, I'll just say it. This is a good team they beat tonight. Um, it was an important win. You know, again, the, the, a lot of people have talked about what the league did to them with this schedule, with the back-to-backs and the how many, you know, whatever it is, five games and what was it, four games in seven days or something insane. It's a lot of games in a short period of time, and it's pretty crazy. And they, you know, what are the, they should win the next couple before they go into Minnesota. Is there a schedule loss in there? I, you know, we'll see. Hopefully not. But like every bit of breathing room counts. I know it's early in the season. Every bit of breathing room counts. Uh, so, yeah, I know it's game 11. I think this was a big game. I think this was a big win. And it's one and it's a win we should feel good about. You know, you're not always going to be perfect, but we, we take what we can get. OK, on the, I've talked for over 20 minutes. That's way too long. I apologize for that. Uh, let us get to whatever people want to talk about. I'm, I'm sure it's going to be a festive one tonight. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. 
twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, JJ breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. Andrew Claudio, whenever you want to set us off. Kevin Danishevsky gets us going. Um... Good to go 2-0 against that team on the road. Yeah, 2-0 against the Hawks, both on the road. Great call. Great call, Kev. Good way to start us off. The 8-0 run with IQ as the catalyst was dope. I thought the game was over. Me and you both. JB, big plays late. Julius ran a good game. Yep. Perfect synopsis, Kev. Really don't have anything to add there. And uh, IQ, the catalyst. That, I mean, you could make that his nickname uh, because he is a catalyst. He always seems to be the catalyst. So uh, that's that's one of the reasons he's so valuable. Thanks, Kev. Juanon, what's going on, Juanon? Getting in early. We don't usually see it this early. We officially have a baseline for the best win of the year. Uh, gonna go ahead and steal that. Uh, thank you, Juanon. I completely agree. And I know last year we kind of it became kind of a running joke at some at one point where it was like every additional game was like this is the best win of the year. No, now this is the best win of the year. No, this is the best win of the year. Uh, my guess is it probably stays that way for a while. This was fun. Uh, here's the question I have. If Grimes is hurt, it took us two questions to get to this. Uh, then what's the game plan? Start DiVincenzo and give Deuce spot minutes, a trade. I hope no Levine. Well, NBA trades don't happen before. Uh, let me, a couple things. NBA trades don't happen in November. They don't like really, really. It's, everybody says December 15th, but like so much of the league. Hold on, hold on, hold on. There's what? a very important clarification about NBA trades that you got to make. What? NBA trades that don't involve James Harden, James Harden. don't that happen. Was, also, your your volume is very low. It might be me, but I don't know. It might be you. Okay, I am trying, everybody. Everybody says I'm yelling too much. I have my mic far away from me. Is my mic better now, John? Sure. I still no, can't. it's is, still bad. Okay, you're not okay. I yes, the I'll James Harden. Stuff. John's got it. Okay, I'll, John's got it. The James Harden trade was a summer trade that lasted into the season. Other than that, or weird scenarios like that. Trades don't happen really until January 15th. It's not even December 15th. It's January 15th. Because like, yeah, I know it's like in the grand scheme of things, it's not that many players in the league that become traded eligible after January 15th. But it's enough players on... Yeah, every hard... Andrew says, so is the hardened trade to Brooklyn. All hardened trades violate these rules. Um, there's enough players on enough teams where like... If you let's say you want to just for 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 argument's sake, let's say the Knicks wanted to make a trade, which I actually don't think they do, as I'll get to in a second. But let's say they wanted to like and they had a guy they're looking for like that team, unless the Knicks are going to blow them away, which is not how, how the Knicks do business. Like 
they're going to wait until like they could canvas the entire league and everybody can get in on the bidding and everybody can't get in, in the bidding until they're all of their players are trade eligible. And so again, you know, where, what is it? It's November. Yeah. We're two months away. So this is not a trade thing. Um, I do think of if Grimes is out and assuming RJ. So it's, it's two different conversations. If RJ is back, I think it's, you're going to see an eight man rotation with like however many minutes we got from deuce tonight. Maybe if that, if RJ is the missed time, um, then Deuce gets a rotation spot. And it's probably only 10 to 12. It's the OB minutes, right? It's 10 to 12 minutes a game. Uh, again, this is if Grimes is out and, um, and RJ is out. That's the direction I think they go. I do think, I really do think he likes having Quick off the bench because I think he likes the optionality that that gives him. And especially if you're down Grimes, then you're basically you'd be leaving your bench with DiVincenzo and you'll be leaving your bench with if, if again in the world where it's where it's no RJ, no well no hold on. Now I'm now I'm getting myself confused. If it's if it's no Grimes and no RJ, then yeah, Hart starts, I think DiVincenzo starts, and then quick as your super sub along with Deuce and Hardenstein. Um Stein, excuse me. Um if it's if RJ's back, I still think quickly comes off the bench. And DiVincenzo starts, yeah. Because it's the catch and shoot of it all, right? And it allows you to stagger your four initiators if you keep quick coming off the bench. If you start quick, you you lose the that ability to stagger. And as we've seen a million times, just because you don't start quick doesn't mean you can't close a quick. So yeah, I think DiVincenzo gets a start. Um and as for Levine, I don't think the Knicks are going to be. I don't think the Knicks are going to be in on Levine. I'll just say that flatly. Uh, we got there eventually. Thanks, Junon. Hushu still shaky at the end of the game. However, Snyder sitting Bay and Bogey, what an odd decision. I think that move helped us get back. Uh, but overall, great win. Yeah, I'm sure. Uh, you know, the fine folks at Hawks Fan TV are going to have some things to talk about tonight. Cheers to them. Um. Bogdanovich was like, that's again, I was thinking about this game midway through when it looked like this is not heading in the right direction. I was like, well, like Randall's having the best Nick game, the best, best game of any Nick. And even he's like, not, he's not like on fire. He's like, he was, he's good. He's really good. Like really, really good game for an all-star player. Right. Nobody else was really having a good game. Like quickly, quickly was okay. He was efficient, but he was also kind of sloppy and a little indecisive at times. Brunson was having a bad game. You know, you didn't have RJ. And here's Bogdanovich. And like the Atlanta guys were doing fine. And Bogdanovich is going off. So it was like, okay, well, they have the guy that's having the insane, insanely good game. Um, and yet, as I look at this, Devontae Murray and Trey Young combined for only 10 field goals. Uh, granted, Trey Young got to the line nine times. The Hawks in general got to the line a lot. The one... The one thing I will say, I, the whistle was not a fair whistle tonight. It was an Atlanta friendly whistle, without question. Um, but yeah, he didn't. They kind of went away from Bogey, and uh, it definitely helped. Definitely helped. That dude's. I think he was my. If I, I wrote like a, something in the newsletter, where I was like, if I was going to bet on this award, I'd probably bet Bogey to win for six man of the year. Uh, thanks, Hush. Stevens Guillaume, this game may have taken some years off my life. Someone get RJ some Excedrin. Yeah, we, they need him. They need him. They need him. They need him. It's 
I, I, I don't know what else to say. They abs- This team needs R.J. Barrett. It's the best compliment I can give them. They're not the Knicks without R.J. Barrett. They found a way to win tonight, but they're not the Knicks without R.J. Barrett. Thanks, Stevens. Robert Cross. I, 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 Robert was getting a little chirpy in, the, in my DMs earlier tonight. I'm like, settle down. The Hawks could score in bunches. This game is a long way from over. <clears throat> it's your boy, John. Just like we discussed earlier today, this team always responds in big spots. Hashtag 53 wins. Yes, we did discuss that. And yes, they do. Um, I, yeah, I get, I was, I'm like, don't want to make a huge deal out of this. I think it's part of their DNA. I think it's part of their DNA, but I'm, is that a, I'm going to like try to resist the temptation to give credit to tips here because tips coached the team two years ago and that team didn't win a big, couldn't win a big game to save their, save their life. So, you know, you're only as good as the players you have. I think Brunson's a big part of it. Uh, and Quickly's a big part of it. I, and I just think collectively, I think the organization, and I, I'll give Tibbs a little bit of credit for this, but just up and down the organization, I, I do really think that there is just a real air of professionalism and like they have, they seem to have gone after players who do not get rattled and are capable of performing in big spots. Let's let's use those words. And oftentimes they do. Thanks, Robert. Uh, Jessica, what's going on, Jessica? Um, thick of the evening when the fourth got rough. <laughs> too pat uh, to open and too cool to bluff. I, I feel terrible. I don't know the song lyrics you're referring to. Maybe you could put it in the chat and uh, Andrew could convey to me. As I picked up my matches and was closing the door. I had one of those flashes. I'd been there before, been there before. See, you're so good with all the, the great, the classics of, of, of our musical, of our discography, our collective discography as a, as a country. And I am not, um, you know, spent many years as a DJ, but I, I, I wasn't playing spinning records like this, sadly. Um, but great, great line. I love it. It's completely appropriate. And uh, I hope all the people out there who know the lyrics are laughing at the fact that I don't know what lyrics these are from. Thanks, Jess. Um, oh, the last... Here's another one from Jessica. The last super chat I sent was how I felt during the fourth. I was so unsure how that was ending. It felt familiar. Too familiar. Well, you got that right. This team... Look, they, they always do make things interesting. And it's just like the weirdest shit. Like, not that even Chenzo should be able to end down the ball. Like, Tibbs knows how to draw up an inbounds. And it's just like, I also thought that was a quick five seconds for what it's worth. For what it's worth. I thought that was a quick five seconds. That was like four and a half. Um, and, you know, and, and look, I have to say, when you have Julius Randle on your team, things are always going to be interesting. But that was the other the other play down the other end. Uh, thanks, Jessica. You're the best. <clears throat> yes. Hey, how's my mic? It's okay. I think it's a little better. It's a little better. Okay. Um, it's a Grateful Dead is the song. Ah, okay, yeah. That was, so that was a, some. She sent me a. Uh, we, she sent in a, a Grateful Dead lyric a few days ago. Yeah, the the Scarlet or not the. It's Facebook, so it's just Scarlet Begonias. You are you Deadhead? Is that what they're called? Deadheads, right? They are Deadheads. I am. I'm not a Deadhead. No. Okay. Assuming Your- Jessica is though. So shout Which, out to Jessica. Like, Glad we can clarify that. I I feel like. Being a deadhead, like you, you can't. 
like you have to be cool to be a deadhead. There's no way to like not be cool. And like Bill Walton's a deadhead, obviously. There's yeah. no one cooler than Bill Walton. So we're not cool, is what you're saying. Well, I know I'm not cool. I'm not going to speak for you. I'll co-sign. No, I'm not cool. I'm fun, but I'm not cool. And I'm, you're neither. <laughs> so I'm neither fun nor cool. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> let, me, let me establish this. Um, Drew P felt like 21-22. F the Hawks, Trey. We need RJ. Uh, Drew P, I feel like you're mostly positive. That's, it's all kind of negative. Um. I don't know that it felt like 21-22. I, I got to be honest. That game was just like, to me, that was like 21-22, the Kemba year, for anybody who's like wondering. That was such a, had, that year had such its own like kind of flavor where it was like, if something could go wrong, it would go wrong. Like the Knicks didn't have a 20 point, like the Knicks weren't dominating and then forgot how to play basketball. Like they had a really strong first quarter and then they just kind of got a little sloppy. It wasn't like they got up big and then another team like started to do some stuff right. And then they just like completely forgot how to do everything. It was like, they were sloppy. You know, Brunson was like a little uncertain with the ball. He's missing some shots. He usually makes quickly. He was a little uncertain with the ball. Like that. They pulled off a little bit from three. That was I I I'll say this like I wasn't gonna get on if they lost that game I wasn't gonna get on here and like lose my shit I know I am sure it was gonna be a rough post game if they wound up losing that game either the way they were gonna trending to lose it with five minutes left in the fourth quarter or if they figured out a way to lose it late either way it was gonna be bad but like I don't know like I watching that first quarter <laughs> watching the last five minutes like this is a good team this team has. Yeah, I'll say this. This team has good bones. The 21-22 team had shit bones. Brittle bones, to use them, I guess, to complete the analogy. This team has good bones. I, they're they're not fully there yet. They're and and again, they're missing RJ. Right? We, and you said that. We need RJ, right? We need RJ. So I agree with you on that. Tom the dentist, the way I caught some of his uh uh comments in the um the chat so shout out again to all the newsletter subscribers in the Substack chat app. Uh, come come subscribe to the next film school newsletter. It's the price of a cup of coffee, uh, and uh, you get a month month's worth uh, for yeah that that price and uh, five new newsletters a week, and you get to hear Dom go crazy in the in the daily chat that we have um, during games and in between games and and the whole thing. It's a lot of fun. Love Grimes. Hope he's okay. But aside, I'm interested to see the closing lineup with IQ and Brunson as starters for an extended period of time. Let's go Knicks. Um, I don't know what you if you did that on purpose, but you wrote, I'm interested to see that closing lineup with IQ and Brunson as the starter. Okay, now I get what you did. All right. You want to you basically you want to see quickly as a starter. Um, look, it's their best combination. I, I, I completely agree with that. I don't think anyone would dispute that it's their best combination of players. The thing you're losing, I mean, you're, I think is Grimes a better catch and shoot player than quickly? Yes. Do they probably need that catch? Is that catch and shoot ability the most, maybe a re, more important for their starting lineup than it might otherwise be? If you're like balancing their, like quickly's, obviously, he's quickly's much better player than Grimes at this point. But like between the catch and shoot and the point of attack defense, it just makes so much sense to have Grimes there. And again, I keep going back to like 
you do get to see it. Anytime there's a close game, you see it, right? Like, you know, that's going to be the closing lineup for the rest of this year, assuming all those guys are having a good game. And that's the other, that's the other thing. And I don't know if I've mentioned this, maybe someone else has, if someone's mentioned this, let me know and I'll give you credit. When you don't start IQ with the other three, when it's not Brunson quickly, RJ and Randall and Mitch with the starting five, I think bringing quickly off the bench gives all of those guys more of a fair shot to get into a rhythm throughout the game. Because if you're starting all of them, you're just not going to be able to stagger them as much. You're just, just, there's no way because you're not like, it's not like you're going to start all of them and like pull someone with four minutes into the game or five minutes into the game. Like, like, consistency breeds effectiveness. Like like Tibbs has always done this. And I think it's a good thing. Like you run your starters out there and you leave them out there for whatever it is, six, seven, eight minutes, more than that, even sometimes. Um, and if you do that and you have all four of those guys, again, there's only one ball. So it's really going to limit the ability, at least now the way you have it, where you have, okay, RJ gets the quickest hook. He so it's Brunson and Randall. Brunson and Randall, obviously, you're going to be able to get into a groove. RJ, if he wasn't able to get into a groove next to Brunson and Randall, he comes back in with the subs. And oh wait, here comes quickly in right around when RJ goes out, or or you know for RJ or right after. So then it's quickly who's the third guy, and then one of Brunson or Randall will go out, and then so quickly gets more responsibility, and then eventually to be quickly and RJ. You're really giving all four of those guys a really good chance to find, like get into, I, I keep using the same term. I don't know what better term to use, get into a group. And so it gives you a feel as the game goes on, like, okay, are all of these guys feeling it tonight? Is it three of these guys? Is it two of these guys? And I don't know. I kind of like that. I kind of like that. I, I look, um, this is probably more of a devil's advocate point than anything else, but I don't know. I, I, I like it the way it is. I like it the way it is. Thanks Tom. Uh, Alex, Seven-man rotation. I think we're up for it. Nah, Deuce, Deuce will play. Deuce will play. He won't. He'll, I mean, he'll play 12 minutes, but he'll play. Thanks, Alex. Bill Peterfriend. What's going on, Peter? Bill. Bill Peterfriend. Um, great win. No Grimes and RJ. Impact or trade so. Impact or trade so. I'm not sure what that... Um, again, no trade is coming anytime soon. Um, but if they don't have Grimes and RJ, like, yeah, it's a big, like they can't, I'll say this. It lets you for, for argument's sake, who are they playing the next two? They're playing, I think the wizards and the Hornets. No. Yeah. Wizards and the Hornets, the next two games, Andrew, if they're not playing the wizards and the Hornets, let me know. Um, they're playing the wizards and the Hornets. Thank you. Uh, <clears throat> Washington on Friday night and, uh, and Charlotte, like, could I see them losing one of those games if they don't have RJ or Grimes for both? Like I, I could, not sure I'd bet on it. I kind of, I don't know. I kind of think they'll, uh, even without those guys, like, look, we praise Deuce up and down as like, not everybody, but a lot of people do is like, is he the best guy in the league that doesn't currently have a rotation spot? Yeah, you make the argument. So he should be able to come in and be effective for five minutes a half or six minutes a half or whatever the case may be. Um, it, ch- it changes up your team. You lose a little bit of size. You get a little smaller. It's a little bit trickier, but hey, man, you make the talent work for you. And um, I think they have enough. I think they have enough. Thanks, Bill. 
Let's get one thing clear. Yeah. They could start Jericho Sims on Friday. They're going to win. Listen, man. Wizards have three wins. Two. They're two and nine. They're two and nine. I, I had the, they, theirs was the only game on tonight before the next game started. So I was watching that. It looked briefly like they were going to give up 50 points to the Mavs in the first quarter. Without Kyrie. Without Kyrie. And then the Mavs like, you know, like kind of let their foot off the gas again before the first quarter was over. Every NBA team. Are the Wizards the worst NBA team? Probably. Every NBA team is good enough right now because we are, however many years we are away from expansion, every NBA team is good enough that like you can't fuck around with them. You know? You can't fuck around. And a Tom Thibodeau team in this day and age does not fuck around as much as the team from two years ago, like you said before. My point, if there's, if there's a fuck around team, it's the Wizards. Especially after the I know you respect every opponent that the Knicks play. Have to respect every opponent. I do not expect the Wizards, okay? I think they could show up with their... I, I think we could get minutes on Friday, is my point. And we're not fun or cool. I hope... Yeah, no, we're not. I hope those are not famous last words. Go, go get the win. That's what I'll say. Yes. Thanks, Bill. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945.